you grab your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1 today. Um, I just want to give you a quick encouragement from the Christmas story, from one of the characters of the Christmas story. We're going to be in Matthew 1, page 799 on that Bible that you have on your seat. Or if you use your phone, that's cool. Or if you're like the, uh, the, the Jewish boys and girls, you have the entire Bible memorized. And that's amazing. That's amazing. We really would love for you to join our church if that's true. Um, hey, we're in Matthew 1. We're in a series called Fresh Eyes. And, and what we're doing is we're looking at the story of Christmas through fresh eyes. Many times when you look at stories, you kind of go to your favorite parts of the story. You like to forget some of the awkward parts, maybe the plot twists. You like to forget those things um, and, and uh, go right to your favorite parts. You know, everyone's favorite part is when uh, in, in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacations when Uncle Eddie shows up, right? Everyone's like everyone's favorite part. Or maybe, maybe for you during that movie, it's kind of like when uh, when, when Clark is putting the lights together, right? And he's like, how many has been there when you've been working on the house, right? And you've just been like, please, Lord, let this work. Please, Lord, let this work. And he, he gets it. Maybe that's your favorite part. But you go to your favorite parts and you miss the nuances of the story. And that's what happens in Christmas, specifically the Christmas story. You forget, you, you miss some of the nuance that happens, that takes place. And if I know, if, if you're anything like me, if you're a little honest like me this morning, and I've just been trying to be honest when it comes to the Christmas story, I wouldn't write the Christmas story this way, right? It's kind of awkward, right? The king of the universe is coming to earth, and, and he doesn't even get a, a proper hospital stay, right? He doesn't get like a proper room to be in. His family house is all full, uh, but he gets a cave in the back, and he doesn't go to kings, he goes to shepherds, and the announcement um, is really backwards. Many, many ways, we would look at the Christmas story and think, man, God got it all screwed up. But if you're anything like me this morning, what you'd realize is that the, the Christmas story actually has a whole lot, it's, it's kind of like our stories. Um, and if, if you're like the Christmas story at all today, maybe you can trust God to write your story as well. Um, we all come from all different places. If we were to write our story, we'd be up and to the right the entire time, wouldn't, it? wouldn't we? Um, if we were right, if we if we had it all planned out and everything went that according to plan, it would go. You know, we'd be growing all sorts of different ways. We'd be making more money than we did last year. We wouldn't ever lose a job or a loved one. We wouldn't ever go through relational troubles. Um, but the reality is, the Christmas, just like the Christmas story, our life is full of plot twists. And so we have to look at the story with fresh eyes this morning to realize that God can be trusted to write your story. So I don't know where you're from today. Uh, maybe you have a, a background that's not in church, or maybe you're just in here every weekend, or maybe you're just you're just visiting. I hope someone's okay. Um, is that <laughs> okay? Um, and uh, that was that was uh, all right. Good. Um, <laughs> maybe we have some fresh eyes on a Christmas gathering this morning. Um, but ultimately, what we want to do is is we want to trust God to write our story, and you can trust God. So I don't know where you're from today. Um, where are you coming from? But maybe you just need to hear that, uh, that God actually is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so we're going to look at Joseph today in Matthew chapter 1 and just look at the Christmas story through his eyes and just get some encouragement today. Verse 18 says this, This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary uh, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant with the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the, chi- the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she, was, uh, she will have a son, and you are to name him 
Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message from, through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary's wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. You, you see this story. Je a lot of times when you look at the Christmas story, Joseph is just an innocent bystander. Um, if we got some guys in here today, you know what this is like the first three months of a new baby. You're just helpless, right? Like you, you're not doing anything, right? You're walking around, kind of helping whenever you can, uh, but you, you kind of feel like, oh, gosh, I, just, I wish there was something. I remember when Channing was born, I was like, man, I wish there was more that I could do. Like, I can't do anything. I can't, can't, I can't do anything with him. There's nothing I can give him um, that, that his mom is giving him everything. Like, it's just complete relying upon mom. So I try to help out where I can, but I realized that, that but in all reality, there were things that we were giving uh, him as he was growing. Uh, but, but sometimes we see Joseph like this innocent bystander, like he's not doing anything by and large. But really, I think what the story of Joseph is going to show us, the way that we can look at the Christmas story through fresh eyes, through his eyes, we can see that, that as tensions rise, our faith will grow. As tensions rise, our faith will grow. If, if, because for Joseph, this story is full of tension, and maybe your story is too. Have you ever had like just tension so thick in your family you could cut it with a knife, but nobody says anything? We love those. Don't we love those moments? Those are like, like packed into every good American family, right? Those tense moments. Maybe you have a crazy uncle that just likes to talk about politics too much at Christmas, or maybe you, like, maybe you have something going on in your family that just you've never talked about or whatever. There's tension inside of every family. And there's a lot of tension inside of this story for Joseph. But we'll see that, that, that as tensions rise, faith grows. And so what, what, for Joseph, the first tension that he has to manage is a spiritual tension. Is a spiritual tension. So for, for Joseph, the idea that Mary is pregnant outside of their marriage is a big deal. At this time frame, this first century time frame, the Jews had this deep belief that if they acted appropriately, if they acted appropriately, the, the, the faster the Messiah would come. And so the entire nation was, was keenly aware of any public sin. Keenly aware of any public sin. And so they, they knew if there's anything happening, we have to make sure we get the sin out of the camp so that Messiah can come quickly. So that Messiah can come quicker and we can have the universal reign of peace that we want. And so she, she knows it. So Mary goes on a trip to see her cousin Elizabeth. She comes back, and, and guess what they begin to see? Maybe a little bit of a, a belly bump, right? And we realize, okay, there's, there's some rumors that might be starting. There's some, some questions that are going on. And, and Joseph, he's a good man. The Bible calls him a decent, hardworking, loving man, but he's also a lover of the law. He's righteous. And so he gets this tension. He realizes Mary's in this spot. I got to realize what's happening because if anyone came up to me and said, hey, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit, there'd be some more questions. Can I get an amen? Right? We wouldn't take that one on face value. We wouldn't take that one on face value. Thank God an angel showed up and told him because that's about all you need. You're like nothing short of angels showing up and telling him to go to that. It's okay. But there's this gap for him. Here's what the Bible teaches, or here's the reality. Here's what I believe about God, and here is my fiancé. And he has to close this gap. 
Here's the truth this morning. That there's no one in here. There's nothing that you've done. There's no past that you've had. There's no future that you might bump into that can stop the plan of God from working out in your life. There's no plan. There's nothing you can stop. So there's tension there. And it might have some theological, it might be challenging what you believe about God to the core. It might be forcing you to find out all sorts of new things. Maybe it's a style of church or maybe it's a, it's a, it's a doctrine that you just held so tightly and have no, no open-handedness about. Or maybe it's an entirely new way of doing something that you've been completely dismissing because you have no uh, future, no, no background in it. For him, there's like this completely new understanding of how to worship God because in the midst of his newly formed family is this reality that there's, a, that, that there's nothing that, that can happen that God can't move forward. And we struggle with that because many times our, our constructs of God are, can be really tight and they get tighter and tighter and tighter as our life goes on. But God wants you to know that his ways are higher than your ways. That, that if you understand him, if you feel like you got him figured out, that's probably the first time that you don't. And you realize, and one, one, one author is quoted saying this, that the moment that you think you realize that you know God is the moment that you might be worshiping an idol. Because God is big. And we might see him just a little sliver in time. But just like a jewel, if you were to turn a jewel around to the light, there's all sorts of light that gets cast on all different problems, all different parts of your life. And you can trust God to help you navigate this new reality. He will help you and show you new things about him that you never have before. So Joseph had to navigate a, a, a spiritual tension. The next thing that, that Joseph had to navigate was an emotional tension. What, what, what do you think he felt when this started to happen? Fear. In fact, one Bible, one, one Bible translation says that as he was trying to figure out a way out, God spoke to him. I mean, how many times in your life have you been trying to figure a way out of something? Right? How many times have you been trying to figure something out? Man, there's tension here. I got to get out of this. Our brains are literally formed and formulated, and science is like going to teach us that, that your brain wants to stop anything like that happens. So there's fear that's coming up inside of Joseph. He's afraid. Now, like good men in here, right? We don't like to, we don't like to tell, tell everyone when we're afraid. But deep down, right? Come on, can, can we be real this morning? Like, we got some fear. He had some fear. He had this whole new thing. He knew the culture wasn't going to be very accepting of this. He knew his whole life has just changed. He's scared. And I think if the Christmas story is going to invite us into knowing anything, it's that, man, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be just scared. But what does, what does, what does, what does the angel tell him? He says, I want you to be obedient. Because as you're navigating tension that you've never navigated before, as you're navigating this new reality of God, this new way of living life, this new, whole new reality of what it's like to be a follower of Jesus, as you're navigating that, it's going to be scary. And you're going to have to navigate all sorts of stuff. You're going to have to own something that you never had to own before. And he says, I want you to not be afraid, but even if you are, I want you to be obedient you got to hear that. That's for someone in here today. Although you're scared, I want you to be obedient. And so, man, he's going to navigate some emotional tension because how many know our families are full of emotional tension? Or just mine this morning, right? I can, I'll own that this morning. We're full of some emotional tension. 
It could be different belief systems, different political backgrounds, maybe some different financial things or whatever. But the reality is that if we have some fresh eyes on Christmas, we'll be able to see this plot twist. This t- we would have never written a story. We want to write a story full of perfect peace. But for, for Joseph, man, he was scared, and he had to obey right in the middle of his fear. And if you're following Jesus in here this morning, or if you're trying to figure it out, you're going to realize, man, there's some of that that you have to do. And so, man, he's going to navigate some tension. He's navigating spiritual tension. I've got to figure out a way to worship God in a way I've never done before. That's different. That's really, that's really hard. And, I, and, and there's some emotional tension because, man, I'm scared. I'm scared to death. But you know what? More than anything, there's some missional tension for Joseph. There's some missional tension. But think about it. Think about it. For Joseph, he's, he's, man, he wants to be the husband to his wife. Maybe he has all these plans for his first kid. And it's going to look different. It's going to look different for him. Like all these new realities. You know what it's like to plan for your first kid? Like you, it's exciting. It's moving. It's, it's like everyone's gathering around. It would have been no different at this time frame. This, this, at this time frame, the first century, as, as they got ready, it was, a, it was a complete town-wide celebration that was big, beginning to build while these two people were getting married. These communities weren't very big. Just a few hundred people at the most sometimes. And so what would happen, this is where Mary and Joseph were. Mary, uh, Mary and Joseph, they were in a marriage process that started with something called morah, which was a betrothal process, meaning, meaning Joseph would have had to go to Mary's dad and give him some money or payment or something for the betrothal of, of her daughter, of his daughter. It was this big moment. Like We all know something about this moment, right guys? Come on, if you had to ask the question, a little awkward, a little scared, right? And so he, the morale, he had, to, he had to get this betrothal. And then what would happen is he would go build a portion of his dad's house. He would go away, he'd say, and he would say something like this sometimes. He would say, hey, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many rooms, and I'm going to build a new one for you. And he would leave there, and he would go, and he'd build a house. And then about a year later, or sometimes some, some more time, very common for them not to hear anything not to speak to each other for that entire time. He would come back, and the marriage ceremony was called the hoopah. And it was a built frame around the entire stage that signified the presence of God. They got married within the presence of God. And Mary and Joseph, they're stuck between these two stages, the already, the promise, the hope of the marriage, and then the marriage process that will be coming. And they're stuck in the middle of this. And we know something about being stuck in the middle, don't we? The already, but the not yet. The hope, pregnant with hope, but the thing hasn't come yet. It's like we're stuck in a waiting room, like we're waiting for all things to, to settle down. And he knows this. He said, there's already, not yet. I, I, I'm like, my whole life is changing. And he just wants to have impact in his life. He wants his life to, to count. He wants his life to be meaningful. He wants to be a good Jewish man. And his whole life's about to change in this moment. And so he had this missional tension. Like, like, who am I now? Like, what do I do? What's my role in the world? And how do I function within it? And the angel gives him that direction, says to him, you know what? You are going to name Jesus. Not Mary. Isn't that, like, amazing? Isn't that, isn't that weird? 
Mary is given this call to be the carrier of the presence of God. But no, you're not going to do it. Jesus is going to carry it. Jesus, Jesus is going to be named by you. Because you have to, what you're going to be responsible for, you've got to name. That should be hopeful to every non-traditional family in here today. That although you've got some sort of different structure, God's present in the midst of it. He says, I want you to name Jesus because you are going to be responsible for helping raise Him. For helping build Him. And for Him, this is major impact and He has to own that. And at the end of it, what does He do? He obeys. Because He knows more than any missional impact that you can do, more than anything that you could ever set your eyes on, the type of person you want to be, the house you want to buy, the type of career that you want, no matter what you have, obedience to Christ is going to give you the foundation to have joy in the world. He knows that. So I'm going to obey. And so you have these tensions stuck between the already and the not yet. Hope, Enjoy in the ordinary and the promise that comes in the extraordinary. And so for, for Joseph, he's got to navigate some tensions. And I don't know if you have to navigate your tensions at all this year. If you don't have any tensions in life, come talk to me afterwards. I'd like to learn some things. Like, how did you figure out what a sugar plum was? That's always a tension for me. But there's tensions, whether it's familial, financial, whether there's impact in the world, whether you want some sort of new journey in life. But here's the reality. That following Christ won't make tensions go away, but you'll have presence within the middle of it. You won't be alone in it. And this is what Joseph knows. And he's got tensions. And just like you, he's trying to navigate them. His whole world's about to change. And he's like, I've got to figure out a new way to worship God. And I've got to figure out how to have relational peace in the midst of tension. Because how many know you, you, start to, you start to yell and scream at the people you love the most in the tense times, don't you? It's always a blessing during Christmas. And then you have missional tension where you're like, I just want to make an impact. So for Joseph, he's stuck between the already and the not yet. But Jesus is present right in the middle of it. And his whole reality, of his whole interaction with the world is now going to be through the life of Jesus. And that's exactly where he wants you to be. You want joy in here today? If you want to have an extraordinary life, find joy in the ordinary moments as you look through the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus. And you'll get it. You'll get it. And Joseph teaches us that. And so this morning, what I would like to do is, that they're, they're giving me the signal. I need, I need to get off stage here. But, at the end of the day, I want you to realize that in the midst of your tensions, your faith will grow. Lean back on your faith. Let trust that He is present in the midst of it. And let your life give all glory to God because it's in Christmas that we realize that we're pregnant with hope. There's a promise that's coming. And no matter what tensions you navigate through, faith 
will sustain you.